Hi, I'm Johnny Hamilton, and welcome to this episode of the Future Focus Fridays podcast series. In this episode, I'm talking with Carol Souvenir, Vice President, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, Labor, and Caregiver Relations at Providence. We'll also be joined by two of her colleagues, Chris Lee and Christina Banda, as she shares her insights and stories of her career journey and her work in DEI and the impact it's having on the organization. Let's drop into our conversation and hear some of her insights on her important work. Carol, tell us a little bit about your career path. What are some lessons that you have learned? I think of my career as having really three different segments. I started my career as a lawyer and settled into labor and employment as a specialty. I made partner in one of uh, a Northwest law firm and was there for over 10 years. I then went in-house with a national retail company and was their first VP of HR after they went public and had various responsibilities with that company as it grew. And then three and a half years ago, switched industries and joined Providence and am now the vice president of DEI Labor and Caregiver Relations. For me, because I have a family, uh, I was able to live and work in Portland, Oregon for my entire career. As for lessons learned... I have thought about how you can't always anticipate where your career is going to head at the beginning of your career. I've always been open to new paths and new opportunities, and that's allowed me to grow over the 30 years that I've been in HR and legal. That's quite a pathway that you've gone through. From the being a partner at a legal firm, and then moving into your current role, what in your personal journey has led to your interest and passion in the diversity, equity, inclusion, or DEI body of work? Both my husband and I come from large extended families, and the racial and religious diversity of our family has grown through marriage, adoption, and friendships. So living shared experiences both at work and in my personal life, has increased my own awareness and embedding diversity, equity, and inclusion in both my personal and professional life has been very important to me. So you are the leader of Caregiver DEI at Providence. What's involved in leading this effort at such a large and a diverse organization as Providence? DEI evokes a lot of passion from people. So it's important to listen to what our caregivers, providers, and leaders want to see across the system. In the last year and a half since I've been leading this work, along with Mike Moreland and others, my focus has been to make sure that we're creating a sustainable framework for DEI so that it's not dependent on any one person, but the work is embedded in our ongoing strategy and processes. When I first started leading the work, we focused on HR processes and learning and development, and we also work to support our caregiver resource groups by giving them tools to organize themselves. We also sponsor a caregiver resource group council so CRG coordinators can connect with each other for best practices. And some of the regions and lines of business across Providence are hiring their own DEI leaders and program managers. So we want to make sure we're coordinating with them to align with our strategies and resource allocation. Any other ways in terms of how this work has progressed? And how do you see the regional office working with regional DEI leaders? 
What's been really helpful most recently is our new workforce council that's been shared by Greg Till and Sil Trapanier. The workforce council has four subcommittees, one of which is a subcommittee focused on DEI that I'm co-leading. And it's helpful because we can socialize our strategy within that subcommittee and then across with all the regional leaders to make sure we're aligned and coordinated. So that's a deep level of integration into all the different system processes that we have. As we look at hiring and promoting and developing our caregivers, how is DEI impacting that approach to doing those functions? This year, we focused on making sure that we have diverse candidate slates for our executive director and other executive roles. We're also testing other talent acquisition strategies and have been piloting some of them to make sure that we're actively recruiting for diverse candidates. We also want to make sure that all of our caregivers, regardless of where they are located, have opportunities for development and access to opportunities. So we have created learning journeys on RISE that are available to all caregivers for their development. Speaking of RISE, I know that RISE has a variety of ways that you can track your skills and track a variety of other things. There is a lot of interest in other metrics, specifically as it relates to DEI. Can you tell us a little bit more about the DEI metrics? Sure. Internally, our caregivers have asked about our EEO data, and that is available to our CHROs across the system. But since we're such a diverse organization over seven states, our geography is dependent on which location and ministry you're talking about. And for us, it's not just about the numbers. It's also about how supported caregivers feel once they are here and making sure they feel like they belong. We've reviewed our caregiver survey last year and now have 12 different questions that are specifically tied to inclusion and want to measure our caregiver experience through that survey and our regional trend surveys. So as we are thinking about how we measure inclusion, we're also looking forward to implementing Oracle next year so that we'll have one HR information system for the entire Providence network. That'll be amazing when we have a single place to go where we can get that kind of analytics and data that we need. We also have a couple of other guests for this podcast. Chris, welcome to Providence. Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate it. Good to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey and interest in supporting Providence's DEI efforts? Yeah, so I, I joined Providence back in March, and I'm excited about the work that's already been done here in the DEI space and the direction that we're headed. I spent most of my career working in higher education at several different institutions, and one of the things that I've been incredibly impressed by Providence in particular has been leadership buy-in into DEI and the overall organizational commitment. I feel like there's always room to continue growing, right, but I feel fortunate to get to be part of that growth moving forward. As part of your efforts, you've also been involved in a lot of the training that's been rolling out. How has that been received as you've been delivering that? In January, we launched an implicit bias course for core leaders, and we're on schedule to launch our implicit bias course for all caregivers at the end of July. Like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, we're a pretty large and diverse organization, so people are going to receive and enter into these trainings and conversations at different places, and that's okay. I think part of our hopes with these courses is to lay some foundation for the DEI work here at Providence and establish some common language and introduce some resources and concepts, too. Fantastic. 
and we have a third guest, Christina. Welcome to Providence. Thank you so much, Johnny, and thank you for having me today in your podcast. Absolutely. And what has led to your passion for the DEI work that you're involved in? That is a great question. And on a day-to-day, I don't get to be asked that question. So in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion work, this work is very personal to me. So if you ask me about what led me to this work, it's really those personal aspects of it. I was born and raised in Malawi, which is southeastern part of Africa. And I came here to go to grad school at Whitworth University in Spokane. So that was the first, I would say, introduction of race to me. And where I'm from, um, there are not a lot of um, problems related to what my skin color entails. So in the United States, I quickly learned that having this black skin already has meaning behind it. For example, because of the implications of racism, my skin color already determines my health outcomes. According to the CDC, it shows that Native American women and Black women are three or four times more likely to actually die from pregnancy-related causes than white women. Right there for me was a red flag to figure out how do I get to do work that is meaningful, work that actually uh, improves the importance of creating environments that are conducive for love rather than these causes that can be prevented. And so I personally came to this work to make sure that I am part of creating the environments conducive for love, belonging, humanization, dignity, and also justice for all. That's fantastic. It's a real personal connection you have. Can you share a little bit about what's been the most rewarding in doing this work at Providence? One thing I'll tell you about that brought me to province actually is the values. So, for example, the the value of justice, definitely, as you can see, this work is very personal to me. And when I came here, I also saw that not only is Providence committed to the communities they serve, but they also committed to the caregivers' work here. For example, if they say, we would like to ease your way, I have seen that they actually would like to ease my own way. So doing work that's related to my own personal mission in an organization that is willing to learn, an organization that is willing to live their own values is really rewarding. So if I get to wake up on a daily basis and work with the different partners within HR, within the organization, and seeing people who are very committed not only to diversity, equity, and inclusion work, but also to my own and people who are willing to help me advance my own personal mission as I advance the organizational mission has truly been rewarding and I cannot ask for a better job than what I'm doing currently. That is fantastic. And Carol, bringing it back to you, what can the rest of us be doing as caregivers to support this important work? Join in and make it part of your day-to-day life at Providence. So take one of our implicit bias classes, learn more about DEI on our RISE platform, support a caregiver resource group by attending their meetings, joining a steering committee for a CRG or co-hosting event, or lead a reflection at your next meeting, promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. So all of our caregivers are speaking the same language and understand how it is embedded in our values. Those sound like great actionable things that we can all do. Carol, Christina, and Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for hosting this podcast series. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Carol, Chris, and Christina 
for your time and insights into the work you are leading for Providence in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Join us next time for another insightful conversation on the Future Focus Fridays podcast.